Welcome to the 32nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the country of New Zealand's second most beloved star, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, it's going quite well. Thank you very much for asking. How art thou? I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay, man. It's, uh, it's, another, it's another week in lockdown, you know, just uh, working, coming home podcasting occasionally cool are we gonna be out of this lockdown on thursday you think i don't think what do you think i think you you think so i hope so but i don't know yep i uh i don't know either of course because i don't work for the ontario government but it seems like it's unlikely i think that they might extend it for maybe another couple weeks maybe one week depending i don't know I don't think it would be wise, in my opinion, with the new variants uh, to open. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, of course, but... Uh, I mean, you are. I'm not. I, I assure you I am not a doctor. But with that being said, I guess we'll have to wait and see, because mm-hmm. we don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. What, what have you been doing this week? Anything cool? No. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. No, no. Honestly, not much. It's been a relatively chill week. I uh, just got back to work, like I mentioned. Last week, I finished my little staycation. It's been all right. Hanging out with my little puppy, Ellie, still. Took her on a walk today. It's freezing outside. Yeah, it's real cold in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was straight up not having a good time, but she was happy. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, And then otherwise, yeah, man, honestly, not much else. Not much else at all. Well, then, let's just jump right into the show corrections from last week every week on our show we go back and we look at uh, the previous show and we say hey we made some mistakes and then we try to own those mistakes unlike certain websites um like uh, we got this covered and and others uh, not to call them out specifically but we, we try to own our our you know our blunders because we're actually making mistakes because we're human and we, we, we want to own them and so one of the mistakes I made, arguably, or maybe just a clarification, is last week we talked about, because actually uh, one of the listeners to our show, Kenneth Stadelbauer, pointed out to us uh, that we've been using the terms actor and actress interchangeably, depending on the person. I think uh, we kind of felt that you know using actress is not necessarily a bad thing if the person identifies as an actress i think that's kind of what we came to i think you would agree adrian yes if they identify you know as a woman then that's that's acceptable is what we came to but one thing we talked about specifically was gender and hollywood awards so specifically the oscars is something that came up uh, at one point and the fact that they separate best actor and best actress and there's a question of of fairness and we we talked about how specifically, if you make them one award, will it create a problem with the fairness because there's a lot more male leads? Because Hollywood is inherently sort of sexist, not the Oscars themselves. And so that I still agree with. But one thing I would like to point out specifically is that I had mentioned that gender influences a role or somebody how they play their role. And that could be a reason why they should separate the two awards for Best Actress and Best Actor. I disagree with that now. And to specify, uh, I'd like to, to clarify that I just don't think that there's enough of a difference 
influence to really influence the performance in the level where you should separate the awards. And, and the reason why I think this is because you have and, and actually Kenneth pointed out to me by messaging me after the show, he specifically said, hey, Simon, uh, what about Neil Patrick Harris? He is a gay man who plays a womanizer in the show How I Met Your Mother. And that's a very good point. Your experience does influence how you per- portray a role, for sure. And your gender is is a part of that experience as, as being a human being. And that's important. But to be clear, I don't think it matters enough because empathy matters a tremendous amount. And how you're able to actually relate to somebody doesn't necessarily mean you've had to have that exact experience. Um, like, I don't know. If you're James Bond... Uh, killing people. I, I don't think you have to have killed somebody as an example. So I, I take that back. I don't think that that's the reason why the two awards should be separated. Uh, I think that they should be separated theoretically if they're going to be separated best actress and best actor as opposed to one lump award. They should be separated because of the fact that there is a disparity in terms of the number of lead roles for women versus men. Uh, but it uh, again, it brings up a whole host of questions about if you're of course, non-binary. What does that mean? And so I just want to wrap it up there. And I don't know if you've got anything to add, Adrian, but I just uh, wanted to clarify my thoughts from last week. Yeah, man. Sounds good. I have nothing to add. Nothing to add at all. Should I? I don't know. Do you have anything to add? No, I don't. I don't think so. I still stand by most of what I said last week. I agree with with your statement as well, that you don't necessarily have to be a woman and to know the experience of a woman or to uh, be able to act better as a woman. Those are great points. Um, And I do agree that, yeah, the main reason why the actor and actress category should be separated is because of, yeah, the the disparity between the amount of men and women cast in leading roles. But yeah, no, I don't really have much to add. No, I don't think I have anything to add. Do you think I have something to add or something that I should clarify? Am I missing something? I don't think so. I think this topic is, I mean... Uh, you can go into as much depth as you want. One thing I should say actually is if they remove the best actress, best actor and and bundle them into one, I do wonder about the number of awards for actors. It would be kind of nice to have. I I do like the idea of having four awards to dole out as opposed to two. That is one thing that I definitely don't want to see happen. Uh, The Golden Globes do it kind of interestingly because they actually separate categories. Like you put comedy and musical in one category and you can win a, a Golden Globe for that. Uh, or you can win a Golden Globe for a drama. And I don't like that necessarily. It's really cool to see. It would be really neat to see a comedy win or an animated feature win against, I don't know, like a really, really good drama. Like Soul. Imagine Soul won Best Picture. It's nice to see that. I imagine Soul might be nominated for Best Picture this year. It's possible. So that, that's one thing that can't happen. Uh, I don't think it can happen anyways in the Golden Globe. So it, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. We're going to be talking about the Golden Globes later on anyway. Uh, but do you have any other corrections in general from last week? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Cool. All right. You were perfect. I am. Yeah, thank you. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us once again. And he said, friends. For all the claims of Hollywood being liberal, it is still very culturally flawed and needs work. Weinstein and Cosby aren't exactly ancient history, and the tradition of casting couch was usually a very one-sided deal with threat of being blacklisted in the industry for not playing along. Look at what happened to Brendan Fraser's career for years. Actors' complaints are generally dismissed as fantasy if they are male, or they are believed to have had some sort of compliance if female. 
Mina Masood has said that he turns down more roles than he accepts because he refuses to be typecast as a thug or a terrorist. Scriptwriters, not knowing how or unwilling to develop John Boyega, Kelly Mary Tran, or even Oscar Isaac's characters in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, led to characters of color being little more than sidekicks. Women made up 12% of the directors of the top 100 highest-growing films in 2019, up from 4% in 2018, the source being IndieWire.com. Now that Patty Jenkins has established herself as a commercial success with Wonder Woman, it is likely she will be expected to make more female-centric blockbusters. I'd rather they just respect her as a director and give her more work in general. All directors should be willing to address the disparity in female leads, but I'd rather they do it more like director Philip Noyce. Salt was originally set up for a male lead, but it was decided that Angelina Jolie was the better actor for the role. There is a fine line between hiring someone just because of gender, race, age, and creating more stories with good roles, and a willingness to take a chance on more diverse actors. Steps are being made. Studios seem to be discovering that there are other stories to be told. Movies like Hidden Figures and even Coco show that other voices are starting to be heard. Signed, Kenneth. And as usual, a quote here, always look on the bright side of life. A quote by Eric Idle of Monty Python. Adrian, what do you think about Ken's letter to us again? Ken is uh, diving into the more deep subjects. Uh, once again, we, uh, we we usually keep it pretty light on this show, but uh, but yeah, what are you thinking? No, I agree with most. But yeah, pretty much everything said there, 100%. Cool. Yeah. I, I agree as well. I don't have much to take issue with. I uh, I agree. Thank you, Ken, for your for your letter once again. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening every week. And again, I ask everybody to please write into us if you've got any questions, corrections, comments, random would you rather's. It doesn't matter what it is. We want you to write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll feature you on our show. Real quick, I'm just going to jump back because I didn't really know what happened to Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Um, I, like, I know that he was, he just kind of stopped acting, but I just did a quick look up. Do you know why Brendan Fraser stopped acting or, or was no, actually, yeah, back, he, cause he was gone for a little while. I don't actually know what happened to him. So looking at this, um, this is from the website celebrity.9.com.au. Can you trust this? Um, possibly. This is from an interview with GQ back in 2018. Fraser claimed to be blacklisted by Hollywood, alleging he was sexually assaulted by a former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Whoa. Fraser claimed HFPA, so the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, Philip Burke assaulted him at the Beverly Hills Hotel in 2003. This alleged incident caused Fraser to spiral into a depression. His left, this is a, a quote uh, from the interview uh, by Fraser. His left hand reaches around grabs my ass cheek and one of his fingers touches me in the taint and he starts moving it around. I felt ill. I felt like a little kid. I felt like there was a ball in my throat. I thought I was going to cry. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And then Burke denied the claim in an email to GQ saying Mr. Fraser's version is a total fabrication. So that's just a, a brief thing from that. That's pretty nuts. I had no idea about that. That's awful. Yeah, that is crazy. Wow. Yeah. I did wonder where he went, though. That's for sure. I did wonder where he went, but I didn't really look into it. Yeah, me neither. Interesting. I was pretty young, like when he kind of just fell off the face of the like Earth. Uh, I remember him, you know, obviously the Mummy and everything. Like he was a, 
he's a big actor at that time in, in so many things. And then, yeah, he just kind of disappeared. And my curiosity at a young age, I guess I never decided to look into this. Interesting. It's nice to see him back. Yeah, it is cool. Like he's most recently, uh, I guess he's got a pre- pretty big role in, for some reason I was going to say Paw Patrol, but that's not correct. Doom Patrol, <laughs> the DC property. Yeah, the hit movie Paw Patrol. Yeah, the hit movie. Well, the hit show, It's isn't Paw Patrol a show? Yeah, no, it's a movie starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah, okay, sure. Anyways, is there another movie he's going to be in soon? Was that do we? Is that something we mentioned? I think it's something we mentioned on the montage a couple episodes back. But now I'm I'm blanking on it. And uh, yeah, me too. It's really something I'm looking up right now as we speak because I want to know. Oh yes, we talked about the whale. It's the Broadway adaptation where he plays like a 400 pound man. Or 600 pound man? I'm, I'm not sure. And he tries to reconnect with his estranged daughter. Ah. From Darren Aronofsky, the director Darren Aronofsky of uh, of Black Swan fame. Yeah, he did. yeah Black and, Swan Mother, right? That's another one of those movies. Yeah. Have you seen either of those movies? No. Oh, okay. Have you? No. So they're good, yeah. <laughs> Black Swan obviously being the best picture, so, so that would be the better one. Black Swan is definitely a movie that I intended to watch. I just never got around to it. Mother, I didn't intend to watch, intend to watch it just because it, it didn't get very well, well reviewed. But anyways... What have you been actually watching, Adrian? What have I been watching? Yeah. Me? Yes, you. The only other person on this podcast with me, Simon. Oh, you're Simon. I'm Adrian. Yes. Cool. Those are facts. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so I watched the hit 2009 movie, Taken. You ever watch Taken? Yeah, I have seen Taken. Starring Liam Neeson? Yeah. I've, I've never watched it. This is my first time ever watching it. Taken. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I Ned did not realize that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into the story. Long story short, uh, Taken stars Liam Neeson, and he has a special set of skills. Uh, His daughter goes on vacation to Paris and then gets kidnapped. Uh, Or she gets taken, sorry, uh, by a group of sex traffickers, and he goes out to save her. And that's really the premise of the movie. Not much goes on. I feel like... If I How much wa- goes on? A lot goes on. What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like if I watched this movie 10 years ago, I would have liked it. What? You didn't like it? But now I didn't I didn't not like it. I just thought it was a very fine movie. I don't think it's anything spectacular. I don't think the action scenes are all that great. And I think we've just been spoiled by the likes of John Wick and Mission Impossible to know whoa, how. Whoa, whoa, This is nothing like John Wick. And Mission Impossible, the series, has been out for a long time. It's been out prior to 2009. I don't know about that. Well, John like the Wick- more recent uh, Mission Impossibles. And I'm talking about the action itself, like the fighting scenes. I'm not saying the premise of the, the movies. I'm, t- I'm talking about the actual action. Because the well, action They're going here- for a more gritty like more realistic situation. I don't think John Wick is super realistic. Dude, yeah, it is. It's super realistic. <laughs> Anyways, sure. that's not what I'm diving into. It just I just mean like the camera work, the cinematography, the 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 choreography of the combat. It just to me it wasn't great. I I've gotten to the point where I just freaking hate shaky cam in action and you can't really follow anything that's going on. I love like the reason why I love John Wick so much and even Mission Impossible to a certain extent is when the action's going on. Yeah, maybe the camera shakes a bit, but it's steady enough for you to see everything that they're doing, like all the movements. Uh, Mission Impossible 6 has a 
prime example, I feel like took a couple things from John Wick. There's that bathroom fight scene, which is like one of the coolest fight scenes in any movie I've ever watched. And it, and it just takes yeah. combat to another level. And that one's like super visceral and realistic. And I don't know, to me, like taking well, the action itself is just whatever. The reason why like it, those two stand out, you know what? they have in common mission impossible and John wick, right? They have that uh, same fight choreographer. Didn't they? What's his uh, name? I, I don't know. I, I don't think that all of those movies, like all the l- latest mission impossible movies have had the same fight chore- choreographer. But my point is they're doing their own stunts. The, the reason why it's, there's no shaky cam is because you can have, first of all, Keanu Reeves is, is badass. Like if you've seen him in his training videos, did you ever watch that training video where he's shooting a bunch of guns and extremely quickly and professionally? Yeah, it's crazy. Like he's got pretty crazy training uh, and he works really hard. And obviously Tom Cruise is a maniac and he he hangs off the side of planes uh, while they're moving, which is, again, not a smart idea. You cracked his ribs when he jumped across from one building to another. Like that's the reason if you can, you can get real close if you're going to do it for real, I guess. And I don't think that there's a lot that Liam Neeson necessarily is doing for real. Perhaps that's why. I don't know. It seems like that's what they have in common, though. That's why they can get real close to the action and don't have to do any kind of shaky cam. But I would agree with you there. I don't know. The, the cool thing about uh, Taken was how dark it is. And it's gritty. And it, it is interesting that you you point that out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You, so you didn't like it or you did like it? I'm confused. I thought it was fine. Like, I don't think it's anything that I would like seek to watch again or recommend really like i think there are just so many better movies and although the uh premise itself is unique and pretty cool like at least unique at the time and uh you know it's a dark gritty like world uh it's you mentioned like it goes into like realism this movie is incredibly unrealistic like freaking liam neeson causes a huge ruckus like an unbelievable ruckus throughout paris and doesn't get caught the entire time. And spoilers, at the end of the movie, he leaves Paris and just flies in a regular fucking airplane and just lands at the airport in America like nothing ever happened. And there's no, like, there's no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, He doesn't take any responsibility for his actions. There's no fallout from everything that he's done. And maybe they they go about it on Taken 2 and Taken 3, but I'm just talking about Taken as a single movie. Taken 2 and Taken 3 are crap, and I don't recommend them at all, so I wouldn't watch those. Taken 3, I think, is the one I ended up watching. I don't think I watched Taken 2, but Taken 3 was awful. And it has uh, Forrest Whitaker in it, so I expected it to be like even better is not good. It was not good. I do not recommend recommend it. But the reason I said, whoa, 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 is because are you trying to tell me that John Wick is realistic? No, I'm not. When, when did John you. Wick get caught? I'm That's- saying it's more realistic, not, not more, not actually realistic. He He's actually a, he's a, he's an operative for the CIA and he's got actual connections with, Interpol and various that's that's why he gets away with there's they don't even mention the the operations of the United States in John Wick at all and in Mission Impossible like he really gets away with a lot of stuff as well like I I don't know I'm not really buying that if you're gonna make that argument about Taken you can make it about certainly John Wick no where's the police in that entire movie no the only reason I'm making that argument is because he said that it's more realistic I just I said more not not realistic. Oh, They're whatever. both not realistic. Now, you said that it's going for the realistic angle. We can fucking rewind this and look at that. But anyways, all I'm saying is, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's a fine movie, uh, fine at best. Also, um, his daughter, Maggie Grace, 
I think uh, she's actually in Fear the Walking Dead um, as well. Is her name just Maggie Grace? Let me just check, check this out real quick. It is. And I mean, Fear the Walking Dead would not be the, the rule I would I would call her out from first. But anyway. Well, she's in Fear the Walking Dead. Anyways, she does not know how to run. <laughs> what? I will send you like a quick, it's like a minute long video. And I, I literally was watching that movie just laughing. I was watching it with my lover. And we both like burst out laughing. There's like a few moments in the movie where she's running. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like this girl does not know how to run. And I was like, I can't be like, we can't be the only ones thinking this. So no surprise. I go into YouTube and I say, taken running. <laughs> and there is a minute long video uh, made 11 years ago. So pretty much when the movie came out, 554,000 views. Uh, where it's just like the scenes of her running. And it is so ridiculous. It's unbelievable. This woman does not know how to run properly. It's it's pretty hilarious. Anyways, uh, that's my review of Taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, man. <laughs> Have you watched anything else? Uh, I haven't really watched. I've been catching up. I've just been catching up on Raised by Wolves and Shit's Creek. And uh, that's basically what i've been doing okay i haven't watched anything new and i don't think i really should talk about raised by wolves or schitt's creek like right now just because it hold up i'm literally watching this while i'm talking to you about maggie grace running and it's it, it is kind of ridiculous because she's <laughs> running like a lunatic she like, does not every, know how to run i don't i don't know if she doesn't know how to run i don't know if she doesn't know how to act run like she's going over the top like she's acting like she's on stage it's the worst it is wild yeah and I don't know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyways, my point was, yeah, I've, I've watched stuff, but I haven't finished anything. And I don't think it's a good idea to just keep talking about the same things we've watched. Although I'll just quickly mention as a quick aside, WandaVision is absolutely unbelievable. It's so good. Oh, wow. What a great show. And we're definitely going to talk about it. As I mentioned last or a couple of weeks ago that uh, we should talk about it on a Closer Look episode where we specifically call out all the episodes of WandaVision. It'll be like a spoiler cast. We'll do that for sure. But uh, yeah, cool. What have you been watching? Anything else? Anything except for WandaVision and Taken? Yeah, so I watched the hit 2006 movie Aquamarine. Um, (laughs) It stars uh, Emma Roberts when she was super young. The uh, artist Jojo. You know Jojo, the singer? Uh... The name escapes me. You don't know Jojo? She was like uh she's like a artist, like a vote like a like a singer. She still is. She came out with an album last year. I never was a big fan of her. Aquamarine is fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Why did you watch this movie? It my girlfriend really wanted to watch it, my lover. It's she really liked it when she was younger. It also stars Sarah. Oh, Patterson. I've seen this movie. I have seen this movie. But it's, I don't I wish I hadn't seen it. It's really shitty. It's a really bad movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why I watched it, but whatever. I just had it on. I was playing on my phone the vast majority of it, but uh, just thought I'd mention the, the hit 2006 movie Aquamarine starring Joe The Family Channel movie. Emma family Rome. Channel, right? <laughs> I think it was Family Channel. Uh, it doesn't have like any fan, like it doesn't say like Family Channel or Family Original or Disney or anything like that, but uh, I, I feel like I remember watching it on, on, on Family Channel when I was a kid. And yeah, it's, you know, these two friends that befriend a mermaid um, and the <laughs> I am not going to break this movie down. Why am I even talking about this? Why? I don't know. 
<laughs> is she? What? Why do I know Sarah Paxton? What was her? What, her, what was her hit show on Family Channel? I don't know if she was in a hit show, but she replaced the main character in Halloween Town in Halloween Town three or four. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Oh wait, 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 wait. Darcy's Wildlife is that her? I don't know. You know Darcy's Wildlife? What the girl who lives on a farm or something? Yeah, it is her. It is her. But yeah, okay. uh, I don't remember watching. Did I watch this show? I just I I don't know that show. I didn't really like that. That was like the beginning. Of, I always I've always said that like Family Channel. There was like a beginning of the end, not the end, but end for me. Like there was. I don't know if we mentioned on this show, but the the best shows on Family Channel were like Smart Guy and Even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire, and they all Boy Meets World, exactly. And they they all their unique color palettes and unique directors and whatever. And then eventually, like shows like Zach and Cody came out and Hannah Montana, and they all did the same thing. And they're all basically the same show, and they got the same color palette. It seems like they're all produced by the same people. Almost actually, like actually, a good equation of this would maybe be CW. The CW shows actually all seem to do the same thing. Have really, really like, like attractive people who are in their mid, like low to mid twenties, and uh, th- that's the that's the real the goal to be on a CW show. And then the acting can be okay; it doesn't have to be incredible. And uh, the drama, even though it's about a superhero, you gotta you gotta really notch up the relationship drama. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. Uh, for whatever. <laughs> reason when uh, i like i know you were talking about the cw but then uh you're like really attractive and i thought you were gonna <laughs> say kids uh, talking about the family channel shows i don't know why no no the kids <laughs> is irrelevant so you go back to family channel i was like oh, i'm Simon. saying that the, the the shows are all the same that was my point the shows on family channel they all have the, a crazy color like you no matter yeah. what you do it's, it's like fortnite yeah fortnite but, but but the but you got to remember that those shows all took place in the same universe sweet life of zach and cody was in the same universe as hannah montana which was in the same universe as, as wizards of waverly place they were all Barely. connected that's so, not say they're connected like it's the mcu okay it's not the marvel cinematic yeah it's better <laughs> oh, oh no don't do that you 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 agree with me though that the family channel shows like when even stevens was out with shia labeouf and you got lizzie mcguire with what's her name sorry hillary duff hillary duff yes those shows were unique and they were pretty good. Would you agree? Like, I don't know. Do you really think that, or, Oh, eight simple rules. What a great show. Eight simple rules. That was a great show. Kayla Kukuku, who like went on to be one of like the highest paid actresses of all time because of her like time on big bang theory. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. And the end of course, John Ritter, that, that, uh, what's his name? David Spade was in it at one point. Yeah. That had like a really great cast. They had um, what's her name? Fuck, uh, her name escapes me. Why? It's a cat, 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 Sons of Anarchy. She's in Sons of Anarchy as well. Oh yeah, Kate. Kate. Katie Seagal. Katie. Katie Seagal. Yes. I knew it was Katie. I thought it was Kathy for a second, but yeah, Katie Seagal. Like she, she's uh, yeah, she's huge now. Like well, again, with like Sons of Anarchy, she's like in one of the she's one of the leading roles in that movie. Sorry, show. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, and James Garner was in it for a time too. Like Jim Rockford from the Rockford Files. Come on. That, that show was great. Anyways, that time period of Family Channel shows was the best time period for, for Family Channel shows. I mean, I'm not watching Family Channel shows now. So I don't, I, maybe, maybe they've taken a turn, but I just feel like they, I mean, they did not create the MCU of, of TV shows. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways. Agree to disagree. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, what else have you been watching? Is, or is that, uh, do you have more to say about Aquamarine? 
No, I'm done. Okay, cool, man. Cool. Should we get on to the news then? No. Okay, well, that's too bad because we're going to do it anyway. Okay, but hold on. Just, just let's go back for a second. That iconic line in Taken, it was pretty cool. Was it not cool? Uh, I guess it would have been cool if I didn't hear it a billion times before. Okay, that's fine. I, I get it. wasn't okay. bad. Again, not a bad movie. I just don't think it's... Like, I'm not a huge action movie fan. You know, like... Uh, I mean, that's a lie. I do like action movies quite often, but like, I just don't think it's anywhere near the quality of, you know, like John Wick or Mission Impossible movies or, you know, like the, the hit, the hit action movie Rampage starring Dwayne. Rock oh, my God. It's not even that's not even an action movie. It's some kind of a weird CG mess. But anyway, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Good movie. But, uh, yeah. The movie series that you have to see that, uh, if I recall correctly, you haven't watched yet is the Bourne movies. But I don't think, uh, recommend the last Bourne movie or the Jeremy Renner Renner one necessarily, but the Bourne trilogy. I do think that, yeah, Matt Damon does a great job in it. The fight scenes are, I find they are fairly realistic. They're brutal. I don't know. I'm wondering now if they hold up as much as I think they do. I just feel like the John Wick fight scenes are all like kind of short. And John Wick literally murders hundreds of people across the three films it's crazy but with the Bourne fight scenes you got a lot of moments where two professionals fighting each other which john wick is supposed to be that too but it's it's kind of a little ridiculous at, at times i love john wick but i do think that the Bourne movies still hold up i'm kind of curious what you think of them maybe i'll watch them what's the what's the first one born the born identity that came out in 2002 okay you know what i'll rent it maybe i'll watch it tonight oh okay well, that's exciting. But in the meantime, let's get on to the news. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, HBO's Gotham PD showrunner Joe Barton has been hired on to write a new Cloverfield movie sequel. Joe Borton. Joe Borton. <laughs> okay, Goofy. <laughs> Joe Borton. Ho <laughs> ho. Uh, that's, that's Mickey. Never mind. Joe Borton. I said it anyway. I said it again. <laughs> what crazy person. I'll take this out and post. It's all good. Joe Barton is best known for show running the BBC TV series Geary Hadji, which is described as a East versus West detective drama. The Cloverfield series, on the other hand, is a J.J. Abrams produced horror series that kicked off with the Matt Reeves directed found footage monster movie simply entitled Cloverfield in 2008. Cloverfield arguably had a hand in putting director Matt Reeves' career into overdrive as he was subsequently hired on to direct the rebooted Planet of the Apes film series starring actor Andy Serkis and the more recently in production Batman films with actor Robert Pattinson. Cloverfield and its 2016 sequel Cloverfield Lane were both commercial success stories, but the latest 2018 Netflix installment Cloverfield Paradox did not fare nearly as well, leading some to believe that the series would be left behind adrian what do you think of this cloverfield news i believe you like cloverfield quite a bit am i wrong no you're not wrong actually i actually really do like um cloverfield real quick though i'm just gonna pop in pop in here and say this geary haji show this is on netflix here in canada it's known as a netflix original like a lot of bbc shows this is 100 percent on rotten tomatoes oh crazy that's yeah. great because i hadn't really heard of joe barton before and i hadn't heard of geary haji either i don't know about you but eight episodes i guess a mini series or something like that i might watch this it's pretty cool anyway sorry uh to jump back into it yeah i really do like cloverfield i think 10 cloverfield lane is a genuinely phenomenal movie and i think it's probably the first movie i saw john goodman 
play like a more serious role as opposed to his, you know, like loving father comedy sort of roles that he, that he's in a bunch. Um, have you ever watched 10 Cloverfield Lane? Have you watched any of the Cloverfield movies? No, oh, oh. I have not. So the Cloverfield movies, they're, they're all pretty unique. All three have a very different tone and a very different feel. Um, and the universe is connected in a weird way. It's it's barely connected. Like these aren't like sequels to one another. They all just take place in the same universe slash multiverse question mark. Um, and the first Cloverfield movie, it's like a found footage film. Like the entire movie takes place as a fan footage film, with, which I actually really like fan footage movies. I think a lot of them, like they can be done pretty well um, or pretty shit. Uh, but I think Cloverfield actually nails it on that. Uh, are you a fan of like the fan footage movie genre? Have you watched many of them? I haven't watched many of them. And so that's uh, that's a blind spot for me. I don't know as much of this topic as I might I might like. Have you what uh, what John Goodman movies have you seen? I don't know. Like, I, I curiosity. I can't think of him off the top of my head. Let me put John Goodman. I mean, he is in a lot of comedies. I mean, have you? Did you end up watching The Big Lebowski? No, no, never got around to that. Oh, okay, but you know, like I know him from like Monsters Inc. Obviously, uh, Emperor's New. Oh movie. yeah, uh, like yeah. Kong Skull Island. I guess that's a more serious role as well. But again, yeah, I watched I mean, Cloverfield Lane beforehand. I don't know. I just always knew him as like a more comedic actor, but kind of like going down this list of movies that he has been in. He's been in quite a few. Yeah. What's uh, which one of these Cloverfield movies is your favorite one? 10 Cloverfield lane by a mile. Really? So is that the one you recommend the most? I would 100% recommend that. Uh, funnily enough, I watched 10 Cloverfield lane before watching the original Cloverfield. Uh, I watched the 10 Cloverfield lane. I just remember hearing it from a buddy like that. It's really good. So I just sat down and I decided to watch it one night I don't know, many years ago. And it honestly blew me away. And like, it, 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 it's nice to know that honestly, you could watch any one of these movies. I wouldn't recommend Cloverfield Paradox. I don't know if you know the story behind Cloverfield Paradox, but that movie was actually just made as like a generic space movie. Uh, it had no attachment to Cloverfield, like the Cloverfield universe. And they kind of just shoehorned all the Cloverfield aspects into it. So it doesn't feel really connected that's kind of where what i'm like uh, hammering home that like each of these movies have a very different field um however cloverfield paradox just it it honestly i mean it literally is in like a different universe it's just it's it doesn't feel like it it feels like they shoehorned the cloverfield world into it and you can like and it actually was shoehorned into it like uh doing uh some re- research about it after the fact it also was um, I don't know if you recall, it was like during the Super Bowl in 2018, they literally had a trailer for the movie and then it dropped as soon as the Super Bowl finished. So they had like the trailer at the halftime show and said like dropping on Netflix tonight. So like people got like went wild over it. And that was actually when I was like, huh, maybe I'll watch the Cloverfield movie because I haven't like I've never seen it uh, before the original. So I sat down and watched that and then immediately jumped into Cloverfield Paradox which at the time I thought it was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like I like it enough. It got critically panned, um, but it really does feel like a mess of a movie that like it, it was meant to be something totally different. And they just, I feel like added scenes to make it a Cloverfield movie. You mean like how potentially, you know, life, the movie life, 
with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal should have been a Venom movie, but they yeah. missed the opportunity. Except that would have worked, and this didn't. Not not that it didn't work. Like it it fits in, but it's just noticeable that it wasn't meant to. If that makes sense. I see. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I feel like it was a misstep. Not awful. I also remember uh, hearing a lot about. Do you remember the movie Overlord? I think we watched that in theaters together. It's like a World War Two yeah. movie. That movie is awesome. That movie is fantastic. Another bad robot production. And there was a lot of rumors about Overlord that that movie was actually a um, Cloverfield movie. And then the shadow drop of Cloverfield Paradox came out. And then people were like, huh, maybe this like other movie that bad robot productions is making like maybe isn't a Cloverfield movie or maybe they're literally just doubling up and releasing two Cloverfield movies uh, that same year. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. It didn't actually happen. And I'm really glad that it didn't because I don't know how the hell you would have folded in the Overlord universe into the Cloverfield universe. But Overlord's like a genuinely fantastic movie. That movie's a blast and a half. It's awesome. It is great. It is great. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I actually really like the movie Life, too. Me, too. Um, a, a space movie that uh, I uh, don't think is going to get a sequel, but it could have could have been a prequel. Yeah, what a misstep. I really wish they did that. It is so odd how many parallels you could make to Venom. But anyway, I, I digress. Cool. All right. So Cloverfield Lane is the one to watch, I guess. It was a shock that Matt, I found out that Cloverfield was directed by Matt Reeves. I did not know that. Yeah. Matt Reeves. I didn't think that he started with Planet of the Apes, but the, there's there's a couple movies that I, I'd seen that he had done. I just didn't know that Cloverfield was one of them. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, like Matt Reeves is super talented, obviously. And yeah, like I think Cloverfield, again, it's a really great movie. Funnily enough, TJ Miller is actually the man behind the ca- uh, camera. The vast, uh, like the majority of that movie. Is that guy ever going to come back? TJ Miller? I don't know, man. I, hasn't he been in stuff? He was in, um, he was in a movie last year. I watched in theaters underwater. I watched that movie in theaters. I don't know if that was filmed prior to all that controversy or whatnot. Uh, and then just release late. But that movie starring uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, he's also in it as like one of the main characters in that movie. That came out, I think, summer of last year, if I recall correctly. Actually, maybe not. No, it was like just before the pandemic happened. It was January. Thinking about this. Um, don't watch it. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Like, it's not bad. There's just so much better. Like, if you're going to watch a movie, like, it's very obvious uh, Lee inspired by Alien from 1979, just an underwater version of it. And uh, you should just watch Alien instead. Have you ever watched Alien? Uh, that's also a blind spot. Well, we're just talking about all the movies we haven't seen. Yeah, I know. This episode. Yeah, I did. This, this is an episode about all the movies we haven't watched. All the movies you haven't watched. All the movies we haven't watched before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I, I do recommend Cloverfield, the, the original Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think you can just straight up skip Cloverfield Paradox. And, uh, you know, the announcement of this new Cloverfield movie being Cloverfield movie being a direct sequel to the Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield. Uh, I think it really just kind of removes Cloverfield Paradox from existence. So I don't think you have to worry about that. I see. Yeah. I see. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Do you have any interest in watching these? Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Again, I might start with Cloverfield. Watch that. Um, I, I think the the interesting connection here for sure is that Matt Reeves obviously directed Cloverfield. And we've got the Gotham PD showrunner, Joe Barton, 
making the new Cloverfield sequel. I, I wonder because of his connection with Matt Reeves, because I'm sure he's in development with like Joe Barton and Matt Reeves are working together now to create this HBO show uh, for like the prequel to the the Batman with Robert Pattinson. So it's kind of neat that they might've been just got the talking and Joe Barton pitched them the idea. I, I just imagine that that's what happened because it just seems too big of a coincidence that that didn't uh, come about that way. And, and I don't know, it maybe didn't happen that way, but I just imagine it might've. So it's kind of cool. And I don't think we mentioned that Joe Barton is doing the PD, the Gotham PD TV show for HBO. I don't think that ever came up. I just, I guess I didn't notice. Plus I hadn't heard of Joe Barton before. So it's really comforting that Geary Hadji is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes because mm-hmm. it means that he's going to bring some style, potentially some good style to the Cloverfield movie series and to the Gotham PD series. So I'm excited for, for Gotham PD for sure. I might catch Cloverfield. We'll see. I just uh, I find myself behind on watching things that I really wanted, wanted to watch lately. Uh, a lot of TV series is an example. So I, I don't know. I, I I can't promise that I will, but maybe it's possible. Cool. Yeah, man. Cool indeed. Cool. Number two. The 78th annual Golden Globes Award nominees were finally announced last week. As publication Variety has analyzed, director David Fincher's film Mank and Netflix TV series The Crown both received the greatest number of nominations within their respective categories with six nominations apiece. Canadian TV comedy Schitt's Creek and director Aaron Sorkin's film The Trial of the Chicago 7 also both fared particularly well, with five nominations within their respective categories. Streaming giant Netflix absolutely dominated on the nomination front, with 42 nominations for their various film and TV properties. The Golden Globes are scheduled to air virtually on February 28th, with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey set to return as hosts. Adrian! The Golden Globes, they're coming up. What are you thinking? Cool, man. So exciting. The Golden Globes, an awards show. Curious how how this one's going to turn out. There's I feel like there's a weird there's a few like weird sort of omissions in like the nominations. I mean, I guess there always is. But the idea to me that um, One Night in Miami isn't nominated for best drama is quite shocking to me. Considering how, like it, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but again, these th- these are the reward shows. At the very least, Regina King did get nominated for director, like best director, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I think it's the first year in history that the Golden Globes has more female directors than male directors nominated for best director at the Golden Globes, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's it's super interesting. I mean. In terms of the drama TV series, like I'm pretty surprised that Ratched is nominated for one simply because of how you explained the show to me. But again, that's oh, <laughs> oh I can't even believe it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is unreal. Ratched, R- Ratched getting nominated is so dumb. I, I'm, I, sh- I'm sure there's a show I'm not seeing. I don't that I don't recall that is way better than Ratched that was was snubbed for a Golden Globe nomination. There's got to be, because there's no way Ratched, if Ratched, imagine Ratched wins. That would be even more befuddling. Yeah, what what else? You said there was other weird snubs at the Golden Globes for the nominations. What else did you uh, notice? Um, Honestly, now that I think about it, nothing too crazy. Like looking through the list, like I guess that, that, that was really the main one that like stuck out to me. A lot of these movies that I watched, I think, I think other than that, it's fairly fairly spot on i don't know 
Yeah, that, that was really the main one that, that really popped out to me where I was like, what the fuck? That seems like an odd, odd thing to not include. It, it what? Yeah, it struck me as very strange. I, I don't understand. Because I thought that it might win. Like, I thought that One Night in Miami might actually win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Like, at the, at the Oscars. Not the Golden Globes are actually, to me, a little harder to predict. I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't watched as many. I, I just haven't seen a lot of the 78 Golden Globes awards, maybe. that's mm-hmm. the, the most entertaining thing for, for me at the Golden Globes has traditionally been how savage Ricky Gervais is at hosting because he's just he just rips everyone in the room apart. And I, I just you have you watched uh, Ricky Gervais hosting the Golden Globes before? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the YouTube highlights. He is a yeah, he is a savage human being. Yeah, he's 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 pretty cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we'll stay tuned. We're not going to, I don't think, do predictions for the Golden Globes because the Oscars are coming up soon. And I mean, we can do this a million times, but I think the, the Emmys and the, the Oscars for predictions are, are enough. The, the categories, again, are so strange in this because, again, I, I mentioned this earlier that you got musical and comedy together in one. I think, I think it was uh, Matt Damon when he won Best Actor for The Martian. He got up on stage and he's like, oh, oh great. I won this award for for being the best actor in a musical or comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of odd. He he was really great in The Martian. I know you don't like The Martian very much, but yeah, I, I do think that he was, he was really funny. And uh, I think that the whole movie is pretty cool. Ridley Scott, by the way, the director for The Martian, what an eclectic range he's got. You know what I mean? Like he, he was largely a big part of Raised by Wolves, obviously Alien. Yeah. Uh, that Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe. You got The Martian. It's it's pretty cool. Like um, Oliver August wrote into us uh, a while ago, and he was specifically, again, calling out how good Raised by Wolves is. And if Ridley Scott is attached to it, it's probably going to be great. And uh, Raised by Wolves. There you go. Raised by Wolves should be nominated instead of freaking piece of garbage ratchet. There you go. <laughs> That's the show. Is better, wait, hold up. Is Better Call Saul nominated? Oh my god, it's not nominated. Better Call Saul. Yeah, Better Call Saul. Okay, yeah, that, that was another one of those weird snubs. And you know what else? Elizabeth Moss should have been nominated for Best Actress for Invisible Man. I don't know. I stand by that. Invisible Man's a fantastic movie, and she did an unbelievable job, I think. It's captivating on screen. Yeah, she did good. She did good. But, but Better Call Saul I for imagine- me. Imagine Better Call Saul not being nominated. Are, I, what, what kind of alternate universe are we living in? I don't know. It doesn't man. even make any sense. That's the issue. I don't even know when the fuck anything came out. Like, like was Westworld in 2020? Like, I don't remember. I legitimately don't remember. Westworld was not? And same, with, question. And same with Watchmen. Like, I legitimately can't oh. recall. No, Watchmen was 2019. Okay. It's weird because the Emmys are, are very odd. When they air... They have a lot of movies. There's like a weird cutoff for the Emmys. The Golden Globes are a little bit more cut and dry because the Emmys launch in September. It makes it a little bit more confusing. Yeah. But yeah, like Breaking Bad was nominated multiple years and it won in 2014 as an example for best drama. I just can't imagine why people aren't looking at Better Call Saul the same way as they were. Oh, frick, it's so weird. It's ridiculous. Isn't that strange to you? I really do think, I, I, I say it out loud a lot, but I do think the Better Call Saul is the better show, just because I feel like the creator Vince Gilligan learned a, quite a bit from his his run for Breaking Bad. Like he learned on how to create an incredible show, and he 
he creates an almost more compelling show because Saul is so much funnier. So it's it's like a dramedy. I just I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a that's a huge snub. It is. On- it's a huge snub because Ratchet was nominated. Not good. <laughs> not a good show. Is it a bad show? No, it is not. But it's it's happily mediocre. The production design is great. Nominated for that all day long. No problem. The music's great. Production design. Costumes. Excellent. The overall show. No. 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 <laughs> ah, okay. Let's move on because I'm getting riled up. Number three. As reported by publication Variety, Nomadland and Eternals director Chloe Zhao has been hired on to write and direct Universal's new Dracula film. The movie is said to be a bit of a different take on Bram Stoker's classic vampire from Transylvania, with the story set to take place in a futuristic sci-fi western setting. Much like 2019's Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss, Zhao's new Dracula is meant to further Universal's relatively new strategy to reboot various monster horror movies with skilled directors at the helm. Alongside Zhao's Dracula, Universal is developing an Invisible Woman film to be directed by Elizabeth Olsen, a Paul Feig-directed Dark Army movie, and a movie following Dracula's companion, Renfield. Adrian, thoughts on this Dark Universe kind of type scenario, and specifically Chloe Zhao and her take on Dracula? Oh, Chloe Zhao, who was nominated for Best Director at the Golden Globes for Nomadland. That Chloe Zhao? Yeah, one and the same. We got to watch Nomadland, eh? That's got to be something we watch before um, the Oscars. Yeah, definitely. That's something I'm committing to. I just don't know how we're going to watch it because we don't really have a clear way because there's no streaming service with it and we can't go to the theaters. Usually we would watch a movie like Nomadland, like we watched Parasite. We would watch it in like the Princess Twin Theaters in Waterloo, but uh, we cannot. And that's how we would have watched arguably Minari as well, the uh, Stephen Yoon mm-hmm. movie, um, which is getting a lot of uh, Oscar buzz as well. But, uh, yeah, I hope at the very least we can rent, because uh, like rent that movie, because we, we, we cannot rent Nomadland yet, nor can we rent Minari. So Yeah, that's really odd, right? Yeah. Why? I think Minari is uh, coming to streaming in a couple weeks, if I recall correctly. I, I was doing some research about it because I'm super interested in this movie. Uh, so I think it is coming in a couple of weeks. We actually didn't really talk about the whole controversy in the Golden Globes, how Minari is being nominated for uh, best foreign film and not sorry, best foreign language film versus best uh, picture or best drama or whatever. And yeah, there's like a lot of drama about that being like, oh, this is a racist choice or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's racism, but uh but okay. It's just the way the Golden Globes are structured. I mean, another round could have been nominated for, for Best Picture, but it wasn't. It was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film because it is mostly in a foreign language. And so that's kind of the ruling that they've had. Same with Parasite was the same way. Mm-hmm. And Parasite won Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. And they broke many barriers that way. But the, you can't really they, – they've completely categorized things off at the Golden Globes. Like, do you think that's racism in your opinion? No. I found it odd initially, but then upon a little bit of digging, yeah, definitely not. I think it's just a bunch of people getting pissed off for no reason. Yeah, like they maybe could change the way the categories work, but the ruling is, again, if you speak mostly in a different language in a movie, like in Another Round with Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Mickelson, yeah. It is Mickelson. Yeah. I don't even remember anymore because you've you've done this every episode for like the last – 
20 episodes. I have no idea. Is it Mickelson or is it McKelson? Yeah, both. No, it isn't both. It's one of them. Yeah. Now, freaking guy. Freaking guy. <laughs> Anyways, another round stars Mads. Mads, the, the guy who plays it. Mickelson, yeah. Hannibal. And uh, yeah, like he, that film is from ten, Denmark. It's created in Denmark and it's, again, it's not in English. So as a result, it's in the foreign language category. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mads uh, Mikkelsen is, uh, is, is a very white man. So I, I don't think this is racism, but I, 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 again, I don't necessarily want to have a deep conversation about this <laughs> next week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, should they change it? Yeah, potentially. But I think the Oscars is going to nominate Minari potentially for Best Picture. So I don't, again, if there's just different shows and this is just how they do it. If you speak a different language that is not English, then that you end up in a different category. Yeah, let the uh, outrage rage on, man. We got we don't have to deal with it. Let's. All right, I digress. We're going back into this nomad land, Chloe Zhao. Dracula conversation. So, Matt Mickelson. Yeah, Mickelson. We we Yeah, Mickelson, we've been through this Simon. Yes, Mickelson. It's, it's Mads Mickelson. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's what I said, Mickelson. I won't let you change my mind on this again. Cuz yeah. that is how you pronounce his name and uh and that's final. Yeah, Mickelson. Google did something really cool with their pronunciation. I don't know if this is a new thing, but when I typed in pronunciation of Mads Mickelson, it does something it shows it in a different way. What way? Because there's like a picture of like half of a face and it's talking while you click the button. Matt it's pretty cool. That's super I don't know cool. I do that everything, but this is not a show about Google. So let's, let's move on to talking about this uh, situation. Anyways. So yeah, I'll, I'll jump into this. I don't have a huge attachment to Dracula. Like I've never read Bram Stoker's Dracula book, nor have I watched any Dracula movie. Like, do you have any attachment to either like to this? I don't have that much attachment. I've never watched an actual like I've seen lots of vampire stuff, but I, I haven't seen anything like like Dracula specifically. Mm-hmm. But he is the most famous vampire. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like I, I like vampire stuff, but I'm not super deep in on the lore. You know, I know like wooden stakes, garlic, sunlight, you know, that that sort of stuff. But that's really my extent of it. I think this is a really cool idea. Initially, when I read it, I was like, wow, this seems weird. But thinking about it in the sense that, you know, how much of a hit Invisible Man was, how great that movie is. And, you know, it's taking like this classic tale and bringing it into like this more future aesthetic uh, using like technology and all that stuff. I think that's it was modern. Yeah, it's modern. I guess this is more futuristic. I, I think that's a really cool fit. It's funny that Universal is doing this whole dark universe thing, because do you remember it was only a few years ago when they announced the dark universe and they brought in all these big actors. They brought in, you know, Angelina Jolie. They brought in Johnny Depp. They brought in Russell Crowe and Tom, uh, Tom Cruise, etc., and had like this photo of them, like all sitting and like, welcome to the dark universe. And then the mummy came out, the mummy reboot movie, which was supposed to like kind of begin this whole universe. And it was a total utter flop. Nobody liked it. And then they just yeah. stopped talking about the dark universe. All like those few, those, those picture, those photo ops, just all for nothing. There's a photo you can look online of the dark universe with the cast all together. And n- literally 90% of them weren't even in the goddamn movie. It's, it's yes. bananas. 
It's crazy. It's, yeah, you mean in, you mean in the universe at all? Yeah, in the universe at all. The only they, they weren't going to be in the Tom Cruise movie. No, the only two people in that uh, was Tom Cruise, obviously, and then Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe, I think, is like Jekyll and Hyde in that movie. And yeah, they they had like a bunch of references to like Dracula and shit like that, like to a wider universe. And again, that movie just flopped, and obviously, they're not doing anything with it. And then think they, about how much of an influence that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Disney, has had on like the entire movie industry. Because there's you got that monster universe with the dark universe, and then you got this mega monster universe for uh, you know Kong legendary. and yeah, legendary's monster universe. That, that this is because of the MCU. It, it's crazy. They're like, oh, we need to cash in on this this concept. And they just don't, they don't do it properly ever. They don't have the patience. So you got to make the first thing. First of all, how could you screw up with the, after the first movie? But, you know, whatever. The Dracula thing, because he's a vampire that lives forever. I think it's such a good idea to bring him into a sci-fi, like a science fiction, science fiction, like futuristic environment. Because, I mean, he lives forever. So what, what would he, what would Dracula be like in a, uh, in 2077 yeah like a cyberpunk aesthetic like that is a super cool idea i agree with you 100 like i'm i'm totally in on this like this just seems like a cool idea and obviously chloe zhao has proven herself as a great director um i haven't seen her movies but she it's crazy that like we haven't seen any of her movies but she's just got so much hype around her the nomad land is like so well regarded i'm so excited for eternals like marvel Again, to go back to Marvel, they they picked her up like before she was before she was cool, you mm-hmm. know. Like Marvel's like the the somehow they keep doing this. They did this with Taika Waititi as well, like for like Thor Ragnarok. And I mean, what we do in the shadows is amazing. It's a great movie, but people didn't really. I, I swear, there must. I bet you, if you look at statistics, more people have seen that movie post Thor Ragnarok than they had before. You know what I mean? Like they. Mm-hmm. They went back. I mean, it may not be that that way, but it, 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 I'm sure that the viewings of what we do in the shadows spiked after Thor Ragnarok came out because they wanted to see what else Taika had done. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's neat. Like they keep picking up these directors to direct these films, even like James Gunn. James Gunn had done nothing really that was mainstream at all. He was such a, like, he was a fringe director that was directing things like Slither and like it's like and super that those movies are not movies that everybody watched and they're all rated r like it's so crazy that they keep doing this this hipster thing and i'm curious what 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 other directors they've got like in the wings that they're gonna pick up and make like absolute incredible stars oh the russo brothers another great example i'm gonna stop almost every one of the directors <laughs> joss whedon okay joss whedon yeah. not really i mean joss whedon did Firefly like he had a cult following? It yeah, he had a fault. Fo- he had a Buffy cult the following. Vampire Slayer. Come on, like Joss Whedon was pretty. It's cult though. This is cult followings. Like so did again what we do in the shadows. There's a cult following for that movie too. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not. Yeah, he's got more. He had more of a cult following for sure than Taika Waititi. But I, I just like it's he just wasn't that mainstream. And now everybody knows his name when he was cat when he was hired on to do the Justice League reshoots. He was, I mean, everyone was like, oh, Joss Whedon. <laughs> Look how that turned out. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. This seems like a super cool idea. Again, I really, really loved Invisible Man made by Lee Winnell. Like, uh, I think he made the first Saw movie, if I recall correctly. Um, like, that guy has a good vision. And uh, I don't know. I want to see more of this universe. And I love the idea that, like, 
it doesn't feel like this is all going to be connected and everything like that. Like we don't need everything to be a connected freaking universe. Sometimes it's nice to just have a one and done. You know what I mean? And oh, sure. Yeah, I like the universes being connected and they're connecting it. This is not a you're dark. I don't know why there's everyone's still calling this the dark universe. Do you know why? Like this doesn't really. Oh, we're hiring good directors to make good movies. <laughs> uh, wait, was that was that not your plan before? I don't think so. <laughs> I think people are just calling it the dark universe because they coined that term anyways. And now it's just kind of like a it's it's a joke. It's a running joke, in my opinion. Well, they are rebooting. I guess it's true that they are rebooting these properties. So, so I guess you could call it that in that you're you're rebooting them in a, in a different light. And I, I can appreciate that. I, I guess that makes sense. How would they have connected the mummy, though, to like, I don't know, to to Dracula? Is that the plan? Like that wouldn't have been good anyway. Like I, I, I you can put Kong versus Godzilla. That that makes sense. But I, I'm not sure that it makes sense to have Dracula and the mummy in the same movie necessarily. Uh, Again, you're just you're really forcing it. Well, like what the hell are these like quite literally villainous creatures supposed to do? Like they're like what are you going to do? Just have a bunch of bad people fight like a bigger bad, like do like a suicide squad but probably worse. And that's really hard to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what yeah. what what was the idea? Like, what was the idea behind this? I, I want to know if they even had a plan or if they're like, oh, let's let's make this mummy movie and let's just have a bunch of references to a wider universe without really knowing. Like, I want to know what the plan was. I would love for that to, like, be released because I'm just so curious about that. Because I bet everyone who made the plan initially is no longer with the company or – like yeah. pretending that they didn't create it because I, I don't think it was good. But that's not even the first time they try to like boot up a universe like this. Do you remember Dracula Untold? No. What's that? That movie came right. out like a few years prior to I want to say like 2012 maybe. That was like the beginning of a dark universe as well, like a Dracula movie. Um, it came out 2014, sorry. And literally like it had like an after credit scene and everything like that. Um Charles Dance was actually the like the villain in it. And it like most notoriously, like there's uh the after credit scene is literally chart like it's modern day because it takes place back in time. Um and then uh the after credit scene takes place in modern day and you see Charles Dance and he like walks away and he's like the game is on or 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 let the games begin or some something like that. Like they were like setting up a wider universe. Obviously that movie didn't go anywhere, it didn't do well. I don't think it's rated well. But again, like the mummy wasn't the first time they tried to do this. They tried to do it with Dracula and told and they, they missed twice. They swung and they missed twice. Because they were more focused on the bigger picture than they were on the individual movies. Mm-hmm. I think again, that's if you look, I think that's a quote from Kevin Feige directly. He, he specifically says like, it's not about the bigger picture. You got to make the movie first and then you can tie things into it as you go. And you, you, if you keep creating great movies with skilled directors and skilled cast and crew, it, it won't matter in the end. It will just, you'll connect it. It will be almost seamless. And yeah, I'm sure he's got a giant map in his office that has a bunch of red thread connecting all the movies, but that's, that's the, that's a secondary thing to, you know, first of all, creating a good movie. And I do actually remember Dracula Untold. I'm looking at the uh, information here and it's Luke Evans was starring in it. Yeah, I do remember that being advertised, but I had no interest in watching that movie at all. So anyway. Yeah, it looked like total shit and it probably, and it is, I imagine, 25% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, all in all, I'm pretty, I'm pretty 
interested in this. It seems like a super cool idea and I'm excited to watch what's coming next. And even with the invisible woman and stuff like that, I'm curious. I really like what they're doing here so far. The invisible man was just such a great movie. And I don't know if I, I put invisible man on a pedestal because it was literally the last movie I watched in theaters pre pandemic, but that movie's great. That movie's freaking great. Yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair. Alrighty. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by publication Deadline, Netflix is now in development of an animated TV series based upon famous Sega video game character Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my god, another animated TV series appearing on Netflix? It's crazy, man. So many so many TV series. I still gotta watch the Sonic movie. Number two, as Deadline reports, Black Panther director Ryan Coogler has signed a five-year TV deal with Disney and is set to develop a Disney Plus TV series based within the Black Panther's home nation of Wakanda. This seems super interesting. I feel like uh, you can do a lot of cool uh, stuff with this, like the internal politics of this country. Number three, as followed by The Hollywood Reporter, movie star Kevin Costner is writing the script for a new TV series called National Parks. The ABC series is set to follow National Parks agents as they tackle crime in their unique jurisdiction. Oh, this seems like a show I'm never going to watch. Number four. As reported by Variety, Netflix is developing a film based upon the recent GameStop stock market event with Hurt Locker screenwriter Mark Bowl hired on to pen the script and to all the boys I loved before actor Noah Centineo, cast in a leading role. This is not even the only movie that uh, is being made about this. I think Universal is also making one, possibly. Uh, one of the other uh, big companies, and HBO is making a series out of it as well. Number five, as Deadline reports, Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu has been hired on to direct a film adaptation of the Broadway hit Wicked. Hot take, Crazy Rich Asians, not that great of a movie. I disagree. Number six, as reported by Deadline, Twilight actor Gil Birmingham and Lost actor Terry O'Quinn have been cast alongside Hereditary actor Tony Collette in the Netflix thriller series, Pieces of Her. Fun fact, uh, Tony Collette actually played a horse in the movie Dream Horse. No. Number seven, as reported by entertainment website IGN, Zack Snyder's cut of 2017's Justice League film will officially be rated R according to the MPAA rating system in the United States. Wow, this, this is cool, man. I feel like we knew this, though. Could have been assumed. Do you think uh, Superman's going to say the F word? I do not. Number eight, as reported by Variety, Netflix has purchased the Sundance qualifying Rebecca Hall directed film Passing for $16 million. Passing stars preacher actor Ruth Naga and Westworld actor Tessa Thompson. Ooh, interesting. I really love Tessa Thompson. I think she's phenomenal. Number nine, as reported by Variety, an action heist Uno card game movie is in development with rapper Lil Yachty set the star i think it's little yachty little that makes more sense little yachty set the star now you can't edit that out you're keeping this whole part in because i have nothing to say about this movie i just i want that is the that is the montage part number 10 as spider-man actor tom holland reportedly told variety the third tom watts directed spider-man film from sony and marvel is gearing up to be the quote most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made Unquote. Multiverse. And that concludes the montage. Wow. Wow, indeed. 
Wow. Indeed. Cool, man. That was a great montage. Thanks for walking us through all that. I appreciate it. Oh, oh, you're welcome. Thank you for your quick responses, your quick, swift, and brisk verdicts. You're welcome. Simon, for that, I have a treat for you. What is it? I got new releases for you. Oh, okay, cool. This is for the week of, uh, shit, February 8th to 14th, by the way. So it's Monday, February the 8th to Sunday, February the 14th. It's one week. It's a one-week time slot. And the first movie that's coming out this week is coming out on Wednesday, February the 10th. This is a Netflix original movie called The Misadventures of Hetty and Coke Man. What? It's about a couple of drug dealers in Paris who attempt to boost their small-time drug business by using some family connections. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Pretty kind of interesting. The next three movies are coming out on Thursday, February the the 11th. The first one of which is a Netflix original movie called Squared Love. It's about a model who lives a double life and gets the attention of a big womanizer and celebrity journalist. And he begins to fall for her. Okay. Yeah. A lot of these love movies coming out this week. I wonder why. Oh, because of... Layla and Marjun is the next movie coming out on Netflix. Uh, it's about a woman who falls for a man, but to her dismay, it's not the man she's arranged to be married with. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Crazy. Oh. Incredible. This movie actually seems like this next movie. Sorry. Uh, seems like it's it could be pretty good. I don't know if it's going to be, but I like the premise. It's called Red Dot. Another Netflix original movie. This is about a couple that's on a hike that's I just fucking, my brain just stopped functioning there for like three seconds. I was worried for you. I I really didn't, you know, want to find another podcast host. Oh, oh, that's why you're worried. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, We don't talk about this podcast, man. So our only connection is this podcast. If I said anything else, it would insinuate that we talk about this podcast. That's true. So this is our only connection. So in reality, that was the deepest thing that I could have possibly said. You should appreciate that. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, honestly, if I kept on going like that, you would have had to break the stay at home order and come over and uh, do a checkup on me since you're a doctor, as we all know. I'm not I'm not a doctor. Stop. Stop. Anyways, Red, Red Dot is a movie about a couple on a hike that's supposed to rekindle their marriage and they begin running for their lives as a mysterious person starts hunting them. Presumably. Oh, the Red Dot of the sniper rifle. Am I wrong? Yeah, I get it. I get I get that. I get that reference. I understood that reference. Nice, dude. I'm glad these next movies are all coming out on Friday, February the 12th. The first one is a movie called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. It's an Amazon Prime original movie, and it's another time loop movie. Oh, I didn't look too deep into it. I just saw that and then left it at that. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Zico's Journey. That's X-I-C-O Journey. Netflix original movie. It's an animated movie about a hungry corporation <laughs> and they're and they're hungry for money. <laughs> I read my notes wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's about a hungry corporation and they're hungry for money and gold and they're and they're trying to destroy a mountain for gold. And this young girl, her friend and her trusty puppy Zico go on a quest to stop them. I feel like you read your notes wrong twice. I did. I did. <laughs> Good save. 
Thanks. Good save. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, is this an animated? Oh, this is an animated movie. I, I, I for some reason missed a bit about the animated movie because you you really messed up a couple times. But then I realized this is. I don't know. There's something about this movie that strikes me as like Tintin, like a Tintin type scenario. You know, I've never watched Tintin. Is it good? Uh, I don't know if I ever. No, I never watched the actual English Tintin. I think I watched it in French class when we were learning French. They played the French version of Tintin. Tintin, Tintin, Capitaine, Capitaine. No, the French don't even have a word for entrepreneur, Simon. Don't they? What do you... The next movie that's coming out is a movie called. Is that a, is that a reference? It's not like... <laughs> The next movie that's coming out is a movie called To All the Boys, Always and Forever. It's a Netflix original movie, and it's a sequel to the hit Netflix movie, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is apparently really great. I never watched it. Did you watch that movie? I have. Yeah, I, have, I, I watched the first one. They had two. Uh, sorry. they had. They, didn't they already have two movies? This is the third. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. To, bo- to All the Boys I Loved Before came out in 2018. Then to all the boys, P.S. I still love you in 2020. And then to all the boys, wait, to all the boys always and forever is the third one. The first one was pretty good. It was cute. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I can't, I don't know. I just can't imagine the second one was good. Sequels like this just don't work out, in my opinion. They just want to milk it like uh, 13 Reasons Why. And it just doesn't turn out well. I, I could be wrong again. I think my girlfriend did watch to all the boys, P.S. I love you. So the first movie is a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty pretty great. The second movie is a 75%. So it's, That's actually not bad. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. No, is this one going to still be good? Probably not. Maybe. Who knows? That's a fast turnaround time. Just one year. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty good. Not even a full year. Or exactly a year. Out. Got to get it out for Valentine's Day, man. It's a, it's actually exactly a year. It came out February 12, 2020. The PS I Still Love You one. Wow. Crazy. It's actually, to me, it doesn't, it, it makes sense that that could happen. I mean, with the budget of this movie, I just don't think that it's that crazy. If you think, I've always wondered, like, how do they create a show like Lost? You make 24 episodes and you make it every year and it airs the same time every year. And then you're, you barely have any downtime to create the next season. Like, I mean, this show is bottled up in one kind of high school. So it, it shouldn't be that crazy that it would be completed in, in a year. The only thing that's kind of crazy about it is that it's a year of COVID, which is mm-hmm. kind of actually that is a little bit interesting. But anyway, whatever. I, I just find that some movies take forever to make. They literally take forever. And I, I'm like, OK, why did that take so long when we got a show like Game of Thrones that somehow comes <laughs> comes out year after year? Like, how does that happen? They've, they've, they filmed that show all over the world and you can't make a movie faster than once every three years. seems odd. Anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. The next movie that's coming out is Judas and the Black Messiah. This is an HBO Max original movie. Uh, sorry. This is part of that HBO Max deal where the movies get released on HBO Max in the States for one month as well as in theaters. And then for us Canadians, we can rent it for like $30 video on demand this movie looks genuinely phenomenal it's about a black man who infiltrates the black panther party in illinois after being offered a plea deal by the fbi it stars lucky stanfield uh daniel kaluuya um jesse plemons yeah the trick's awesome this it looks so good and it really bums me out that i can't just watch it in theaters 
I want to see in theaters. I really wanted to see in theaters. This was one of the last trailers we got to see in theaters. I think we saw it for both. I think I'm not positive. I thought we saw it for The Invisible Man, but we definitely saw it for when we watched Tenet in the summer. How crazy was that, that we were able to go to the theaters in the summer? Yeah, just briefly. That almost seems impossible now when you think back on it. Like That was very safe, I would argue. The Cineplex did a great job keeping it safe. I really do think so. But it's just, it's nuts that we were able to do that and now we're completely locked down again. Not, not that I think that the theaters caused that, although there were people with their feet, literally their shoes off, with their feet on the front seats, the front seats in front of them. Ugh. Yeah, those people yeah. were disgusting as fuck. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic going on. You take your feet out. I hate feet. We've been through this. I hate feet. But you take your feet out in a goddamn movie theater ever. I will literally cut your feet off. This is just a general statement to anyone listening. If I go to a theater and I see your bare foot on a chair, you will not have that foot when you leave that theater. How are you going to take their foot off? You'll find out, Simon. You'll find out one day. Assuming we go together, I guess. Yeah. Well, we don't go together because we don't talk outside. The, well, I guess we can go to the theater together, but we can't talk outside the podcast. You'll see it talk. in the news. <laughs> okay. I see. All right. That makes more sense. Thank you for really explaining it away in a way that's more succinct. Anyways, what else is coming out this week, Adrian? What else? The movie called Land. This was confirmed by the trailer in the Cineplex app. This is coming to theaters. Not here. Uh, yes. The, the prequel to Before Time. No, it's a sequel. That wouldn't make sense. No, that's a sequel. <laughs> because the land, because the, the land before time came out, this is just land. So there's no time involved. This is the land after time. I think you killed this joke. I must say, I think I had a, a pretty good joke there, and you're like, nah, I gotta be the funny man. And you're like, nah. <laughs> Screw your joke, you bastard. That's oh what you said to God, me. God, Jesus that was Christ. That's the subtext I read. Yeah. You're not wrong. Anyways, this is Robin Wright's directorial debut, and she stars in this movie. It's about a woman who escapes to the unforgivable wilderness after an event uproots her life. Oh, crazy. Yeah. All right, cool, 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 cool. It's only like a 60-something on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Oh, boo. Yeah. You said Robin Wright, and I was excited that it would be good. It's not. She can act, but apparently she can't direct all that well. No, I'm just kidding. That's mean. She definitely can direct better than I can. Who am I? Who the fuck am I? Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Fear of Rain. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and Apple TV. It's a video on demand movie. It's about a young... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was so delayed. Let's try to help. Let's try to help you. <laughs> Anyways, this Fear of Rain movie, it's about a young woman with schizophrenia, and she notices her neighbor kidnapped a child. I kind of wish you did the but it's once I read that first line. I feel like it would have been funnier. <laughs> but no one believes her except for a new guy she meets at school. I didn't watch the trailer. All I did was read the description. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bet right now. That new guy she meets at school is a part of her schizophrenia. I guarantee it. That's the twist at the end of the movie. Ooh, it's probably who knows. Is it gonna be good? I don't know. I don't care. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Meltdown. 
It's confirmed with the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-members.com and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand rental. Uh, it's a documentary about climate change. Another one. It's another one. Indeed. Indeed. Because so, things are melting. They are. Melting down. Honestly, I feel like my school, and I feel like many schools, I don't know about you, but I feel like my school in particular, my elementary school, they would show the Al Gore documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, like twice a year. I had to watch that movie twice a year. <laughs> no and, way. Like, I'm not joking. It was it was that go-to movie. It was like, oh, like, there's a supply teacher or something like that. And instead, I mean, watched Remember the Titans like a billion times as well. But like, this was one of those movies that was like, oh, like, this is, this is a good thing to teach our children for like science or some shit like that. It's yeah, like, we'll, we'll show them what we did to the world for them. And it's like, and it's like, okay, okay, awesome. Thanks for fucking up the entire world for us, guys. But I don't need to see it like sixteen times, you know. In the I never watched that movie, so I would uh, disagree that uh, that happens in every school. It happened at my school, and my god, it made me not care about climate change. (laughs) Whoa. adverse reaction to it i was like you know what i hope the world ends because then i don't have to watch this goddamn movie again oh boy anyways saint maud is the next movie this actually was confirmed by elevation pictures website this is a video on demand movie it's about a young isolated nurse who begins to go down a path of christian devotion after having dealt with trauma and is charged with taking care of a retired dancer dying from cancer she becomes obsessive over this dying dancer with cancer and does everything to oh my god s- <laughs> does, does everything to save her from eternal damnation you did everything you could to make sure that rhymed unbelievable moving on the next movie that's coming out is a movie called music this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about a recovering alcoholic who takes care of her autistic younger half-sister named Music. This also stars Leslie Onum Jr. as the sister. Cool. He was nominated, actually, for a Golden Globe for his work in uh, One Night in Miami. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Next movie that's coming out is a movie called Young Hearts, confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and Apple TV. It's a video-on-demand movie. It's about a 14-year-old girl who deals with gender discrimination at her school and confides in her brother's best friend. Mm, spicy. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Lapsus. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and Apple TV. It's a video-on-demand movie. So, uh, this takes place in an alternate reality it's a, about a man who gets a job to put together a quantum trading market. Wow. I don't know what that means, but it's well-rated. It's like a 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Anyone in it that we are aware of? Not that I'm aware of, that you're aware of. Um, No one huge. Looking at the cast list, I do recognize some of these actors. Madeline Weiss was specifically in Crashing which I'm a fan of. That show's pretty great. It's a slow burn, though. And looks good. Looks like an interesting indie indie film, potentially, though. Yeah. Next movie that's coming in is a movie called Cowboys. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and Apple TV. It's a video on demand 
rental, I guess. It's about, or I guess you could possibly purchase. I've been saying rental after each of these. You can probably buy a bunch of these as well. So I'm just going to say video on demand, maybe. It's about a man who takes his trans son from his wife, who he recently separated with, into the wilderness because the wife denies the son from living their authentic life and a detective pursues them. Oh. Yeah. All right. Seems interesting. Kind of reminds me of Hunt for the Wilder People a little bit. Oh, okay. The only reason, which is a Taika Waititi film. Fantastic movie. I love it. But uh, starring Sam Neill and the one kid that's also in Deadpool 2. Doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, the only the only comparisons is about the man and the kid going into the wilderness. Not important. Not Not important. Cut that out. Just cut it all out. Cut it all out. Cut the rest of the show why would, out. Why, why would I cut it out? <laughs> no reason. I blame society. Uh, uh, okay. Is the next movie. The movie I thought you were going to. Oh, damn it. I just ruined your segue. I'm so sorry. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I did that to you. My, my mistake. Anyways, now that I've already done that. Um, I think you're going to compare it to Leave No Trace, which is a movie you didn't really like in 2018 that I actually particularly liked. It's this really slow burn. But uh, you remember Leave No Trace? I do Trace remember. Ron Tomatoes stars Ben Foster. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I, just, I didn't love that movie. 100% still. That's crazy. I did not think it was going to fare that well to this day. 236 reviews, 100% of Ron Tomatoes. And an 81% audience score. I must have missed something. I don't know. It's interesting because we came out of that movie and the group we were with, honestly, I don't think they liked it either. I really liked it. I thought it was one of my favorite movies of that year. I thought it was actually phenomenal, but I, I was confused. No one seemed to like it that we were with. I, I uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. But yeah, I just got the idea, you know, living in the wilderness was the, basically the whole concept of Leave No Trace. So it's a sad movie, though. Depressing. Mm-hmm. Leave No Trace. Anyway, what was the, the, the last movie you were going to mention? Uh, it's I Blame Society. It's a movie. In, this was confirmed by Movie Insider and Apple TV. It's a video on demand movie. It's about a failing filmmaker who decides to prove herself to her peers by finishing her abandoned film and committing the perfect murder. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. And the final movie that's coming out this week is coming out Sunday, February the 14th, Valentine's Day. And it's called Namaste Wahala. It's a Netflix uh, original movie. It's a Nollywood slash Bollywood rom-com. When I, when, I, when I read that, I was like, what is Nollywood? This is something I've never heard of. Nollywood is in relation to the Nigerian film industry. Did you know that? Oh, cool. No, I didn't know that. That's neat. Yeah, me neither. Cool, man. Super cool. cool. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all I got for you. Sweet. Well, thank you for doing the legwork once again on the movies coming out this week. And thank you for joining me, Adrian, because this is the this is uh, the end of our regular scheduled programming for this show. Uh, we've, we've done it all. We've talked about it all. And uh, I welcome you, listener. To subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify even, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, whatever streaming service or podcast that you fancy, because we are launching episodes every Monday, and we have been doing that consistently for now, 32 episodes in counting. And so, I thank you for listening to the 31st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter, signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian. I'm about to sign off. And I started the show by saying that 
taken. I just didn't really like it. I just don't think the action's all that great. But you know what movie has really great action? Batman v Superman. That movie not only has great action, but it's a great movie. It's a good movie all around. Batman v Superman. Uh, that's that's it. That's all. Goodbye. Take care, gang. Have a good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care. Bye. How about this week? I love you. <laughs>